This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is the show that gives you the information that you need to make your next move a great one. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm sitting to de- sitting down today with Michael Childs, um, contractor, uh, builder, in the industry for a handful of years. Yeah, a couple of decades. Uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and your current company. Yeah, my name is Michael. I'm um, founder of BFH Pro LLC. We're um, Business, we do manage maintenance for uh, primarily realtors, investors, and so on. Uh, basically, if it's in your if it's in your home or business, we've probably worked on it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the topic I want to just uh, talk about today are let's talk about a couple of the things that homeowners think they can DIY, might have been able to DIY, but it really opens them up to costing them a lot more in the long run if it's not done right. Yeah. So have you have you seen something like that before? <laughs> yeah, there there's certain things which I'm all for the DIY. Get in there to your house, enjoy it. But you know, when it comes to structure, uh, major mechanicals, it might be a better idea to reach out to somebody who's been there, done it, and seen it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about structural issues first, because right. as a real estate agent, that's a big deal when we're looking at a uh, home inspection report, when you start seeing structural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are the different kinds of structural issues that a home buyer uh, or a homeowner should be concerned about? Okay, so the main things with structure are going to be stability and then the envelope. Um the stability is going to be your foundation. Uh, do you have cracks in the walls? Things that are moving. Uh, then your envelope is basically roofs, walls, windows. Is the is the water staying outside? Is your hot air staying inside in the winter? And you know, do you need a blanket? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so as far as cracks in the foundation, is there any way? Now, obviously, they're structural engineers. <coughs> And all this stuff should be run through, run by a structural engineer to really get an answer. But is there any way to tell what a, if a crack is structural or if it's a concern before you get the structural engineer? Or should everything be um, inspected, basically? What are your thoughts on that? So the first thing I say, if you look at it and it's a hairline, if you can take a playing card and stick mm-hmm. it inside – and that's something you might want to look at. If it's little hairline stuff here and there, that's that's normal. You'll find them on pretty much any old building. Mm-hmm. Once you start to see them propagate or if you start – if you see one, I a lot of times tell them, take a pencil. Put a mark at the two ends. If you see it go spread further, oh, you're yeah. going to want to talk to a contractor. And then we're going to come in. We're going to have that expertise to look at it and tell you – this is just something that's going to be fine or, you know, we might want to really start looking at is this going to be an ongoing problem. Uh, so what's the worst situation that you've seen as far as something that was either neglected or they gave you a call? And uh, have you ever been in a situation where you were genuinely concerned about the foundation of the house? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, 
about two months ago, I got a call out from a property right – actually, not that far from here. Guy calls up and says um, – he says, you know, he says, I've, I've just, he says, I'm not sure if this is a big deal or not. He says, he says, there's um, – he says, there's some kind of crack in the in the basement and uh, he says, he says, my, my floor has got a little bit of a tilt to it. So I got out there. Well, first of all, how old how old of the how old was the house? This is a probably circa nineteen forties. Okay, all so right. So not super old, mm-hmm. but not a new construction. Well, what he failed to mention was this property also got hit by the flood that came through here two years ago, mm-hmm. and his slight uh, uh, drop was a six and a half inch drop on a ten foot span. Oh wow. So we started off the conversation inside looking at it. We finished the conversation from the back parking lot. As I said, nobody goes in here until the structural gets here. That's <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to chase me to the basement. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, was it, on, was it on a hill to begin with? Nope. Okay. Nope. This is um, – for this particular property, uh, what had happened was the water pressure had, had pushed in and damaged the foundation wall. So okay. to fix this, you would be doing underpinning and some major, some major structural. So the repairs. actual wall was damaged because I guess I'm wondering is like is it did it create a sinkhole underneath the foundation? But this is more so structural in the wall. Now could could you see the damage that it caused, or could you just see, or would that have to? Would you have to dig to see that? In this particular case, it wasn't too bad for identifying it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a wrap over the foundation wall, but once we cut through that wrap, it was very easy to see the uh, the blowout in the foundation. Now, mm-hmm. this requires underpinning, which automatically means an engineer. So real quick, can you just explain what that is? Okay. So with underpinning, what you're doing is a foundation wall. You'll have your building up here, and then you'll have your foundation wall. Mm-hmm. Your foundation wall will have a section which sinks into the dirt below it. Mm-hmm. That is what actually holds up your building. Think of it like the hull of a boat. Mm-hmm. It has to displace enough to, in order to hold up your building. Mm-hmm. With underpinning, what you're essentially doing is you're digging a hole underneath of that wall and you're putting a foundation underneath your foundation okay. while your building's still sitting on top of it. So you have to figure out how much can we dig out without, you know, having the roof come down and join you? So, you know. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, now, if there's like asphalt, like a parking lot driveway next to it, does that all get dug up too in order to get in there? Those come down to anytime you're doing underpinning, the engineer will give you very specific instructions as to what they want done. Okay. Um, and – that has to come from them, and they'll determine whether you're digging from inside, outside, how much you can remove, even down to what materials and how far down you need to go. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, how much does a project like that – how much can that can that costing, cost? I mean, I know every everything's, everything's going to be different, but in general, how much could that get up to? The largest underpinning project I've ever done for a residential building – was seventy two thousand. Okay. Um, uh, we've I've seen them for smaller um, sectionals where they just need to go under a small section. Mm-hmm. You can sometimes you can get those for twenty to forty. 
Mm-hmm. But these tend to be very expensive. Now, in that example, you said that it was because of the flood. Did you know that or was that is that just kind of presumed? And in those situations, do you ever see insurance get involved or – that one, the insurance company did not get involved. He bought that property at auction. Okay. So it was a as is, where is, mm-hmm. as is, where is. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> big no-no, get that done. Um, uh, but uh, so he did not know. We did know it was from the flood because we could tell by how the damage had come in mm-hmm. that it was done through a flow of water. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of why I ask about these stories because, you know, you have someone who's getting a house. And we, in the last couple of years, we've seen a good amount of deals go through where they were waiving inspections or they were doing a quick inspection or they were ignoring the inspection or the inspection report. They're like, oh, that's something that we're going to deal with later. But if you're talking about something that could be a twenty to $70,000 job, the problem with that is no one cares if you underpin the house. That does not come back in your equity whatsoever. So you got to make sure that you know that ahead of time going into it when you're buying. And that's kind of why we stress, you know, agents stress home inspections <coughs> so often. Um, it's not to know whether or not the dishwasher turns on or not. You know, it's it's that's the kind of stuff where it's like, well, now that, you know, the, the money spent on the home inspection doesn't seem so bad when you hear stories about that. Exactly. You want to make sure you get your big ticket items, your roof, your foundation, your structure, uh, grading issues outside. Um, uh, are there any t- major issues with mold or um, uh, wood eating pests? Mm-hmm. Things that can be expensive to remediate. So, okay. So when it comes to homeowners DIY, structural foundation, it's best to just call someone. Call someone. Somebody. Yeah. Call someone. Uh, now, you were also talking about major appliances. So you're saying HVAC system, basically? Yeah, your HVAC system, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, we always recommend having somebody get in there who knows what they're doing and can just give you an idea of where it stands. Mm-hmm. Um, even I've even had home inspectors come out and say, hey, look, you know, I, you know, my expertise are here, 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 and here. I worked with HVAC you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. I haven't really worked with it since. What do you see when you look at this? Mm-hmm. And I've been at 20 years. I still call people sometimes out for things I don't see very often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are uh, what's some of the more common issues with HVAC that, you're, that, that you'll see that might go overlooked or something that could have been caught earlier that the homeowner just didn't know to check for? Big things. What are the conditions of the ducting? Okay. So duct work, um, do you have rigid duct, do you have flexible duct? If you have flexible mm-hmm. duct, do you have holes in it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is as simple as getting up there, opening up a vent, getting a cam in there and saying, what's the condition? Are they full of junk? Do they, I mean, over time, um, think how, you ever, you ever get busy and you go, you go look at your shelf one morning and look at them and say, man, that's a lot of dust up there. <laughs> what was the last time you opened up and dusted out inside that HVAC vent? Yeah, right. Yeah, I was uh, uh, previously on the show, we had someone from ServPro, um, and we weren't quite talking about ducks very uh, too much. We were discussing a little bit about the whole air duct cleaning, um, and it's gotten kind of a bad name because there's a lot of 
basically, there's a lot of scammers out there. For whatever reason, I don't fully understand it. I haven't really followed through to see what their goal is. Um, but a lot of air duct cleaning scams out there, I think. Yeah. Or maybe maybe not. I don't know what you've seen. But. So the big thing is you can usually tell what you're getting when you see the price tag. Mm-hmm. If someone's coming out there and saying, hey, we'll clean the air ducts in your house for Two ninety nine, yeah, or or uh, you know every every duct and 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 all your registers for you know nineteen ninety nine plus uh, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> four hours of putting up with me. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you're not really going to get what you're going for. The air duct scrubbers that come in uh, a truck mount unit mm-hmm. is you're looking at about fifty to sixty thousand dollars in equipment. Mm-hmm. There and you're looking at about a day to do. So when you start putting that into perspective, and it takes about usually about a month to train a guy to be able to do that work, to do it correctly to proper standards. So you're not going to get that for hundred two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, what you get for those things is what we call just airing the ducts. So what they're going to do with that? They're going to hook a vacuum unit to it. They're going to blow some hot air, they're going to blow some air through it with a uh, with an agitator, and suck out whatever comes out, mm-hmm. in and out, quick, easy. It's worth doing on a new home. It does get most of it out there, mm-hmm. and it comes down to what do you need it for? I'll, I'll give you two examples. Someone calls me up and says, "Hey, look, I'm selling the house. Um, it's been clean. We've only been here two years. Um, I." Just got some dust. I want to knock it all out and get it clean. Yeah, mm-hmm. that cheap one. Put the vacuum on there, knock it all out, nice and easy. Um, or the guy calls me up and says, hey, you know, we had a f- basement flood two days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, we came home. There's mold everywhere. Uh, now we're not looking at just knocking the dust out. Mm-hmm. We need to clean those systems. So now we're going through there with um, agitation. We're going through there. We want to knock everything loose. High pressure suction. We want everything perfect and clean when we leave. What are some of the other things around the house that could end up costing them a lot more money? Have you seen anything else there? The big ones, the big ones that I see home improvement, uh, the DIY or do mm. plumbing and gas. Okay. Uh, and the major reason is if they're not right, they're they go real bad real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, gas line. Obviously, I mean, I mean, you you paid a lot of money your home. You don't want to go out with a bang. Uh, it's just <laughs> they, they, you just bad things happen when they when they leak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, water. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, a typical flood that we're called out to, if you're lucky, five grand. Mm. Uh, I've seen them get up into the twenties, thirties like that and this is the water getting into a basement and having to um gut it or you know avoid mold or remediate mold and stuff like that if you're in there quick usually mold's not as big of an issue if you can get on top of it quickly Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take long Mm -hmm. um the big thing is most building materials are not water rated so you get Mm -hmm. in there you have you redo your uh, kitchen you put in a new sink, you don't tighten down that water or you have a blowout or something goes wrong, that water goes down there. Cabinets today are made out of particle board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You they, you go in there, they're a sponge. You start off with this nice, pretty cabinet, and all of a sudden you go... Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. So now that cabinet's got to come out. More than likely, that cat that the countertops glued to it. You may or may not be able to get them separated cleanly. Your floor is now all or all messed up below it. You've got dry, drywall on the ceiling. You get into you go from this little bitty leak. Yeah. To a lot of damage, very quickly. Well, I mean, it's like if you ever if you ever left a uh, IKEA furniture in the garage or basement. Exactly. <laughs> it lasts about like a week or two, and then you pull it out, and yeah, you start seeing it warped and expanded, and then all you know. It wasn't blue when I put it down there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and for IKEA for, for like an eighty dollars shelf, it's like oh, okay, might not you know eh, it still kind of works in the basement. But when we're talking about cabinets, when you're talking about your kitchen, when you're talking about yeah. your floors, then it can get kind of important. And you take pride in your house. Yeah, you love your house. You don't, you don't really want that the you know the Smurf blue bottom on the on the cabinetry. Yeah, um, you want it to have that good look to it. And from a safety standpoint, I mean, mold is most mold is bad, mm-hmm. but some can be really bad. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to pick which one you get. <laughs> That's Never a good do. Point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, and we were actually talking about this before <laughs> how like. Here on the East Coast, like our our biggest issue, natural like natural disaster wise, is water. Yes, um, it's a blessing. It's a, and it's a curse. <coughs> you know, we live in a very. I like I like the East Coast on it's very habitable. Yeah, it's very habitable for humans. It's 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 it, it makes a great place to to, to live. Okay. However, humidity, um, floods, uh, mm-hmm. drainage. All big issues from your from a homeowner, homeowner standpoint, from a municipal standpoint, from you know a, a reservoir standpoint. But uh, when you're looking to buy or sell a house, it's like that's pretty important too. So mm-hmm. what happens? So okay, so we have the plumbing issues. What about <coughs> the drainage issues? Absolutely. So um, when you're starting to get, uh, we're going to the shell of the building now. Yeah. Uh, so the envelope, as the you were envelope. saying. Yeah. The envelope. So you get out there, you have that roof. <clears throat> Think like a raindrop. That drop hits it, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. You want to make sure that every place sends it away. Water can come down in a couple things. We can have the rainwater, mm-hmm. which, you know, hits, runs down. So we've got roofs, gutters, siding, windows, and so on. We also have to worry about um, flow water. This is uh, water on the ground. Mm-hmm. Is the ground pitched away from your house, or is your yard trying to head to your basement? Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to make sure that's done correctly. We also have to worry about humidity. Humidity is the is the one that everyone forgets about. I come into these big, beautiful homes, and they've got those big, beautiful ivy things growing up the side of their house, and that's oh, trapping yeah. moisture right there. So mm-hmm. you're basically building a compost pile against your brand new house. <laughs> Congratulations, you've got English compost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. The big ones I'm seeing right now mm-hmm. is plannings. Okay. People are putting plannings which trap that moisture against the house. And uh, right now we've had a couple years where we've had high humidity, mm-hmm. and that trapping of the moisture has caused a lot of rot damage. I can kind of picture ivy going up the side mm-hmm. of a house. Um, even if it's on like a trellis or when it or when it's like growing into the stone. Well, growing into the stone, you're going to have its own issues. So that'll, yeah. you'll, that'll actually start to push in and spread the stone. That will cause its own issue, particularly when it's compounded with our wonderful fr- freeze-thaw cycles. Ah, yes. Um, it doesn't necessarily even need to touch the house. You uh-huh. want that airflow to move that moisture away from the house. I like to keep about one to two feet okay. from any plant to the house. Mm-hmm. Give that air somewhere to go. 
let it take that moisture away from your home. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of uh, people start putting up like green walls, kind of like outdoor. Like as that's the the plannings, right? When they're you have great. That, like, Just keep nice... away from the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, they're 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 great. So what you can do is put it. But put it adjacent to the wall. Yeah. Have it go away from your from your house. Let that because they're they're amazing for a couple reasons. One, in the summer, those leaves are sucking that solar energy in, keeping mm-hmm. your house cooler. Let mm-hmm. it be a shade wall away from your house. Right. But in the winter, they drop their leaves. Let's that light hit your house, keep you a little bit warmer in the winter. So yeah. they do have a great use. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So uh, and then the other thing too. Um, what about electrical issues too? Because there's some things like I, I've never done this, but I have friends, you know, yeah, throw in a GFCI outlet or so if it goes bad and stuff. At what point is it you should definitely call somebody? Basic thing for that, what is your expertise? Mm-hmm. If you have some basic knowledge of electric, you can do the basic stuffs, outlets, um, some light fixtures, stuff like that. If you're handy, know what you're doing, can do it safely. Make sure you know what you're doing before you start. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to handle that. Once you start doing things, let's say wiring out for an addition, uh, you want to run a new lineup. You want to touch anything in the fuse box. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to want to make sure that you, either you have a very strong understanding of the electrical or you are having somebody in there to either at least watch your work or maybe it's time to call someone in that has done it and has the expertise to do it safely. Yeah, oh. Definitely never touch anything fuse box out. <laughs> right, right. Because that'll make you fall down and not get up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. You know, I really appreciate it. Um, so what's the best way, if anyone has any uh, further questions for you or want to bring you in, have you look at something, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So we work primarily with realtors. So mm-hmm. any realtor that works with our company, you can contact that realtor. And they'll set up a time. I will come out, meet with you and the realtor at the property. Mm-hmm. Um, we do free estimates through the realtors and um, answer Sweet. any questions you have. So so they can just give us give the office here a call, uh, REMAX Ace Realty. Um, just get in touch, find us on our website, and ask for uh, Michael Childs, and uh, we'll put you put you guys in touch. Absolutely. So. Come out there and look forward to working with you and yeah. answering any questions you have. I love the Q&As. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty, serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.